Hello and welcome to We're Watching What? I'm your host Dana, or the DHKs I've known, and three things up for review this week. First up is Past Lives, which is one of the latest films from A24. Then there's Wes Anderson's newest film, and it's called Asteroid City. And finally, I'm a Virgo, which is a new series from Boots Riley out on Amazon Prime. First up is a film called Past Lives, and I don't want to overinflate your expectations because that's always a concern with a movie like this, but what I will say is... This is one of my favorite films of the year so far. It really resonated with me. It's just, I found it to be such a beautiful film. It's from writer-director Celine Song. It is her feature debut, and it centers around these two characters, Nora and Sung, and they are little kids who grow up together in Korea. Nora and her family eventually emigrate to Canada, and then Nora goes to school in New York, and they lose touch for a while, and then finally they reconnect. And... I think most of us, if not all of us, have someone in our life that they're the what if. And, you know, they can be the what if of a romantic nature. They can be the what if of a friendship. They can be any sort of what if. There are always those people who come into your life and, you know, they honestly change the trajectory of it. And you have to wonder, sometimes they fall out of your life. But what happens when you reconnect with them? You know, I'm someone who's still close with a lot of people I grew up with. And so it was really interesting watching it from that point of view, watching someone, you know, this character who they grew up together during very formative years, and then they lose touch. And what happens when you do reconnect? And then there are some, you know, maybe romantic, maybe not questions about it. I, I just thought it was so accurate feeling and you know the specificity of the experience of you know being an Asian immigrant in the U.S. and the specificity of the time and the place in New York you know there were a lot of this is gonna be so specific but a lot of the technology moments really rang true to me and helped sort of build the time that they were in because if anyone listening has you know friends or family or whatever who live abroad or live afar something like Skype was so important in sort of being able to reintroduce how you connected with people or the introduction of Facebook where suddenly, like you know, the what-ifs could reappear where you haven't talked to this person for a decade and then you find them on Facebook and suddenly you are chatting again and, you know, what happens when they, if, when or if they actually materialize, you know, in a corporeal form in front of you. I just, I loved all that so much. The cast is Greta Lee plays Nora, Teo Yu or Yu Teo, depending on, you know, uh, if you want to use the Korean or the Western organization, plays Sung. John Magaro plays Arthur, who is uh, Nora's husband, who is a, a white gentleman, which I also thought was an interesting sort of aspect of it. Immigrant to, uh, you know, somebody who's non-Korean being such a part of her life and, and the juxtaposition between him and this guy who, you know, this, I think it's in the trailers, but he's so Korean to her. And I just, oh my God, I... I know I'm hyping it up, and I do think this is a beautiful film worth seeing. You know, it doesn't matter what your background is. It doesn't matter if you have, you know, you will have a what if. Don't even deny it. But uh, that what if it isn't a romantic one? You know, I just think it is a really meditative film that doesn't, that leads you in one direction, but makes a decision that is honestly probably more realistic than a lot of other films would be willing to do. And I think, you know, it was heartbreaking in that way. But at the same time, I was like, this is probably much, much more real. And a lot of films would be tempted to be like, oh, we're going to do this. And of course, this will happen and blah, 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 and be over fantasized. And I just love the grounded nature of that. And, and you know, there are so many joyous moments and then so many heartbreaking moments. It's just a really beautifully contained journey. And so please go see Past Lives. It truly one of my favorite films of the year. Uh, the, again, all the actors are 
so spectacular in it. You know, you're relying on just three people to basically make this home. And also, I should say, the people who play the kids, you know, the kid version of them were also great. But the adult actors just knocked it out of the park. Celine Song knocked it out of the park. I can't wait to see what her next film is. And yeah, it it was just a a beautiful movie. So Past Lives gets a 4.9 out of 5 for me. I'm going to take a quick break and be right back. And I'm back. The next film I have is called Asteroid City, and it is the latest film from Wes Anderson. And I know that he has his rabid fans, you know, the diehards who have made maybe their entire personality out of being a Wes Anderson fan. You know, I know it's the whole TikTok trend, etc., etc. And I don't dislike Wes Anderson films, but I do think of late, he has just gotten more and more incoherent. And it's one of those things that, you know, we talk about this a lot on some of the roundtable episodes that... He he's one of those people who now who nobody pushes back against him and nobody says, hey, this doesn't make sense. Or, hey, have you thought about, I don't know, editing some of these things? Same thing happens with like a Martin Scorsese and how we get a three hour cut of a film. You know, you just hit a certain level and people stop saying no. And I don't know if it's because they have become so deluded or because they're just too lazy to. I don't or they know that, you know, the fans of it are going to go see it anyway. But either way. I have found his last few films, him being Wes Anderson, to to be increasingly less coherent and not in a quaint way. It's just sort of a chaotic, almost annoying way to me in that there's so much hubris involved in being like, I don't have to tell any sort of story here. I'm just going to do whatever I want to do and you will like it because I have built up enough of, you know, a cachet in this industry that I've been allowed to do that. So... This one stars all of Hollywood, basically. It stars Jason Schwartzman, Scarlett Johansson, Tom Hanks is finally in a Wes Anderson film. And, you know, Tom Hanks is always Tom Hanks. So I just, I I don't. Uh, it's also got Jeffrey Wright, Tilda Swinton, Brian Cranston, Edward Norton, Adrian Brody, Leo Schreiber, Hope Davis, Stephen Park, Rupert Friend, Maya Hawke, Steve Carell, Matt Dillon, Hong Chow, Willem Dafoe, Margot Robbie, Tony Revolori, and Jake Ryan. And... The premise behind it is is that there's a bunch of kid scientists going to a convention that's in the middle of, you know, nowhere in the desert because there is a, a, a award ceremony happening, all this stuff. And then uh, everyone gets trapped in this area for reasons. And <laughs> the other thing about this, and I, I hope this is not a spoiler, but I don't even care. if it, I mean, I do care. I don't want to spoil anything for anyone, but I should, I should just warn everyone that there's a play within the play aspect to this film that really bothered me as a trope. I get frustrated by this. And I've actually seen sort of other folks try and ape Wes Anderson and also ape some classic whodunits in this way. Uh, and it just, it it's not working. Like, I don't, I don't think it's working in the modern interpretation of this, this sort of, um, you know, Inception-y thing. Christopher Nolan is another person where nobody says no to him. Anyway, so there's a play within the play aspect. So there's like the telling of the story and then the making of the telling of a story. And so you've got, you know, the the things actually taking place in Asteroid City and you've got this whole like acting theater thing happening and some people are dual cast. And I just, it was so much of a slog for me and I just found no joy in it there was one thing in this entire film that I got like a chuckle out of but there are plenty of other things that I think were meant to be funny you know but 
there I I just I've hit this break point with his films where I don't I don't I don't look forward to a Wes Anderson film anymore there was a time and a place where I was like oh I can't wait to see what he's doing next but I have hit my break point with him the dryness of some of it is no longer charming you know I don't have a problem with sort of the pacing or like the speech patterns that people use but I just uh, also you know the set dressing is always very distinct and that's fine you know I don't have a problem with that necessarily but I'm kind of just like do something else man like I want to see what you do it's just some like nonsense this is all nonsense and even though I you know I will give him slight credit for finally starting to add a little bit of diversity to his cast the stories don't reflect that at all and I feel like he has been sort of you know uh uh strong-armed into doing this and it it almost bothers me even more because I'm like, I know you don't want to cast these people in these roles, but you've done, and these people are great actors, right? Like Jeffrey Wright has been in multiple uh, Wes Anderson films at this point, but these stories are always just so centered around white stories, quite frankly. And especially for, you know, me as a juxtaposition to something like Past Lives, I'm not saying I have a problem with white stories, but we've seen so many of them and he's not doing anything interesting with them anymore versus, and and he's casting these characters of color and just sort of trying to shoehorn them into his world as opposed to using anything unique about them. I I found that frustrating with this one. Um, Don't even get me started on uh, friggin' uh, Isle of Dogs. But anyway, there's a moment in this movie that told me like exactly who the audience for it was and it told me that I was not the audience for it where... Again, this is, I'm not giving too much away, but there's like a pretty aggressive moment between like a father and a son that I didn't find funny in the slightest. You know, I don't think the way this character was treating his kid was very nice. I don't think it was meant to be nice, but you know, it also felt not very modern and, and it's a period piece. But either way, I was like, I don't think a modern audience, like there's a problem happening here. And the fact that like part of, some of the people in my audience were laughing at it very hard. I was like, oh, Ew, this is 100% caught in the past. This is the past of like Wes Anderson heyday. We no longer an audience of Wes Anderson heyday. I hope as audiences we have evolved past this, but I know for a fact that there there is an audience for this film because again, people were laughing at it. A select number. I was at least glad that it was not the entire, you know, theater was uproariously laughing, although that's not really what you go to a Wes Anderson film for. Um... Yeah, I just found this completely pointless. I don't even think the play within the play aspect of it was interesting or added anything to it. I felt it was very gimmicky. You know, I thought the actors were doing the roles that they were assigned, and I think they did a fine job. I just did not enjoy any of their performances particularly. You know, they all were fitting within the Wes Anderson world. And so that's not, you know, that they are doing what they're asked. And I'm like, well, it's not your fault. You're doing exactly what you have been asked to do. It's just what you have been asked to do is not something I gravitate towards at this point. I think the one thing that stood out to me is the the kid, uh, Jake Ryan, who plays um, Jason Schwartzman's character's son. He, you know, I was like, damn. Th- I was convinced that he was related to Jason Schwartzman because they, they did a great job of picking up, he did a great job of picking up Jason's mannerisms. But, yeah, it's a it's a hard pass for me, you know. If you are a hardcore Wes Anderson person, you know, I think you'll probably find something that you'll enjoy out of it, but I really do encourage you to look like do you actually enjoy these films at this point or have you deluded yourself into enjoying these films at this point? And that doesn't take away from your enjoyment of his earlier catalog, but really like we should be approaching these with a more critical eye. And from that standpoint, it 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 was a no for me. I do not recommend it. I'm going to give it a 2 out of 5. And the last thing I have this week is a new series out on Amazon Prime and it's called I'm a Virgo and 
I I mean, I do know how to describe the series because it has a tagline, but I almost don't know how to describe this series in the best way possible. So it is from Boots Riley, who did a film called Sorry to Bother You in 2018 that, you know, was just, it was, Boots Riley is such a unique voice, somewhat in a way that like a Wes Anderson is, but I don't want to compare them because I've just said Wes Anderson has, but this is the difference. Wes Anderson is now sort of resting on his laurels, it feels like, versus Boots Riley, who continues to tell his stories and, like, learn from them. And maybe in a couple of years, I will have the same feedback about a Boots Riley project. But right now, when I see them, I'm like, oh, that's a Boots Riley project. There's always, not always, I can't say always, because he only has a couple uh, things out there. But there's an element of surrealism, which is, I find fascinating. I know it's can be a little off-putting to some people. He did a film called Sorry to Bother You. I thought it was amazing. Both of this and uh, I'm a Virgo are set in Oakland. I always acknowledge I am from Oakland and it hits very much authentically home to me, but it's, you know, it's this sort of surrealist Oakland. Sorry to Bother You is this story basically about, you know, gentrification in Oakland. And I do feel like I'm a Virgo is a spiritual successor to that. It's talking about capitalism in a really you know, unique package, I will say. So if you liked Sorry to Bother You, I think you will very much appreciate I'm a Virgo. If you have not seen either of them, just be prepared for, this is a, it's an interesting one, you know? It's a unique concept, I think. The premise of I'm a Virgo is basically a 13-foot man, teenager, young adult, young man, is living in Oakland and uh, is initially like hidden away and then, you know, finally is... Know, discovered, comes out of his shell, whatever, and sort of the ramifications of his presence and him exploring the world around him for the first time. Uh, Jarrell Jerome plays <laughs> Cootie, who is the name of the 13-foot-tall man. Uh, Jarrell Jerome was in Moonlight and was so good. I mean, he's, he's a great actor, but uh, that is the first place I saw him. And I think he just does such a good job of embodying this, like, character who has basically grown up in a very sheltered way but wants to connect with the outside world and hasn't been completely cut off from it you know he has uh, uh consumed it but through a a barrier uh and then you've got brett gray carrie young alias barnes olivia washington and then walton goggins as the hero who's like a billionaire who uh writes a comic book about a superhero and then has enough money to sort of become a superhero but hero the hero part of that is questionable um so yeah i think it's it's about sort of uh socioeconomic inequalities how systems are built to uh, oppress a lot of folks uh, you know how capitalism is basically like meant as an oppressive system it, it's a lot of these really complex themes all packaged up in this super fascinating, you know, again, surreal, sometimes a little bit gross, I have to acknowledge that, unique presentation that I I think, you know, it's at least worth exploring because you have to commend someone who is fully committing to, I say all this, these are things probably people said about Wes Anderson in the beginning, and I hope people give Boots Riley the same chance people gave somebody like Wes Anderson because this is a unique voice. The thing I like about Boots Riley is that there is a message to this show versus something like an asteroid city where I'm like, what are you trying to do or say or portray? Like, what is the character journey here? What What is the development for any of these folks versus this where I'm like, oh, wow, this, you know, almost gives me a vocabulary to talk about certain things that are like impacting the culture right now. So I'm a Virgo. It's on Amazon Prime. I, I really, really, unex- you know, I didn't unexpectedly enjoy it. It was unexpected and I deeply enjoyed it. That has been it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed it, we would love it if you could leave us a rating or a review or even consider subscribing.